Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Hello, Kayleen, and welcome to The Best Guest. Hi, Victoria. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, you're the director of sales, SEO and social media and have over 25 years of experience in sales and marketing. Could you talk a little bit about your journey? What attracted you to SEO and social media? It was a funny start, actually. I was working as a hypnotherapist and wanted to move more into sort of sales performance and coaching. And I did a lot of research with potential clients to talk about what they were wanting from a a marketing agency. And most of them were talking about lead generation and how they needed help with, you know, getting leads into the business and how they could go about that. So the the business sort of evolved quite differently from where I was first thinking of going with it. So, and, you know, as online marketing has changed a lot over the years, it's evolved with all of those changes as well. So, you know, how we were supporting clients initially has changed significantly now. So it's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. Wow. Do you use hypnotherapy at all in your marketing? Not directly. (laughs) No, I'd have to say most of marketing and its approaches are very hypnotherapeutic. So yeah, so there's a lot of hypnosis by default in marketing. So I guess, yes, we do, but not in a, you know, no, manipulative yeah. kind of way if yeah, that makes sense sure <laughs> I think that should be a standard study session for marketing 101 when you're doing your diploma etc yeah <laughs> because there's lots of lots of language patterning and things like that that happen in marketing that are you know basically taught as part of the hypnotherapy training so very interesting you know similarities so useful that you have those skills that you can use as well Definitely helps with communication, I think, because you you can adapt or adopt your approach to the individual brand, person or company. So that definitely helps. And yeah, I think that's helped me a lot over the years, especially from a sales perspective as well, because if you can't build rapport with clients and identify with them and find out what their pain points are, you're not as helpful as you would be if you didn't have those skills. That's really interesting. Can you talk a little bit about how social media can help with SEO, please? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting area because social media in reality doesn't really impact SEO, but it kind of does in a lot of roundabout ways. So having your about sections on your different platforms optimized with keywords and longer descriptions, like a lot of companies don't have their description area filled out, and it's one of the most searchable elements that is used within the social platforms but also you know in the world of google etc so a lot of companies are missing out on that opportunity because they sort of think oh people will just go to the website and find out what we are but people won't do that especially if they can't even find you within the social platform so having about sections optimized on all those platforms really helps and use keywords wisely so that they're helpful for humans but also helps google find you But also to like your social traffic. So in your analytics, traffic coming into the website each month is, you know, part of the overall story of the traffic that comes in. And that can have an indirect impact on your search engine rankings and how the algorithm works. 
So the more Google can sort of see, you know, traffic coming in and things working for the business, the more importance it gives to that business with the algorithm changes. Other areas are brand awareness. So if you're increasing your brand awareness through social media, it might encourage more clients to search through the brand. Those types of things impact search engines as well because if they can see, you know, likes, shares, comments and that kind of engagement happening in your social platforms, then that can encourage the the algorithms to sort of take notice of that. The other thing is I think only Twitter and Google My Business at this stage, the social content that you post is search friendly. So, but I'm sure the other platforms will probably catch up from, you know, with that side of things down the track. But at the moment, you know, if you're active on Twitter and Google My Business and you're sharing your content to Google My Business, Google can actually see that content. So, you know, the more quality content you're putting out with keywords, the more benefit you you could have of being found online through search engines, but from the social media platforms, if that makes sense. I didn't realize that. It funny mm. you talked about about sections because I was looking at my own about section on LinkedIn over the weekend and I thought this is really out of date. I need to update it. Now I know I really need to update it. That's one of the first things we tend to do for clients because, you know, on your LinkedIn profile, the the title, you know, where your profile photo sits, that title under there, that's a very highly searchable area. So even a lot of people in that section have like their job title. But having words like, like say for me, my job title is managing director of the business. But then I've put in keywords like, you know, social media marketing, online marketing, lead generation. So search terms that clients would put in to try and find your products and services or your business can really help in that area. And also on your personal profile, expanding out that about summary section. So you can have up to, I think it's 2,000 characters from memory in that section and a lot of people only usually write a paragraph or two about themselves but if you can in that section you know talk to the person as though why why should they come and look at you hire you use your business whatever but also talk to the services that you provide so you can sort of put keywords in there that are really helpful for the search engines and also the types of clients you work with some businesses obviously can't name the clients that they work with but they could name the industries or you know, the types of case study scenarios where their service has helped a particular type of business or a pain point. So adding that kind of stuff into the description area can really help from a search perspective as well. And also remember, in within each social platform, you can search. So people go on there, like say Facebook and Instagram. I've been looking for a pink dress to wear to a wedding. So I've been going into Instagram and Facebook to try and find you know, the pink dress that I could wear to a wedding. So people are searching within those social platforms for personal items as well as, you know, business products and services. So the more visible you can be within the social platform as well, the easier it will be. It's just another reason or avenue, I guess, for people to search and find you. That's really useful advice. I'm going to take notes after that. (laughs) (laughs) So SEO, how does it work for small businesses and why would you say it's so important for them to be aware of? Mm. It's funny because it's, it's one of those marketing things that is kind of foundational and really required, but sometimes doesn't show an absolute direct response depending on the size of the site. So 
the, the latest statistic, I think, and this changes regularly, is 93% of all purchases start with an online search. So oh, if Google comes, it is high, isn't it? And, and you know, that, that depends on who you ask. So those stats change regularly. But if you're, if Google can't find your business, neither can your clients. So just having that in mind really sort of makes it clear why SEO is critical. Absolutely. Um, and, the, and the areas where you can really sort of help are with the, just doing some research on keywords. Like, so have a look at what your competitors are using. And you don't need fancy SEO keyword tools and that type of thing to actually do the research. You could just, you know, go onto Google and type in a product or service that you think clients are looking for. And Google will list the top 10 related searches mm. just in that drop down in the top search bar. And then if you go to the bottom of the page one, there's also another 10 different keywords down there that, that, that are actual keywords that are related to those types of searches. So for small businesses, it is actually quite easy to just have a look online, you know, at what's happening with competitors, but also where you think your clients are and what they're looking for. And then once you've got sort of a list of keywords that are relevant, what you could do is add those keywords to each page of the website. So on your website, you can have a keyword per page. So if you've oh. got a website, like most small businesses are sort of, you know, 20 to 40 pages in size, you could potentially have 20 to 40 different keywords on the website for each page. And sometimes, you know, you might not find a keyword that's relevant to the page, but it's, you know, you can sort of work it into the title and the meta description that you put in behind the site and also on, on the actual page. And that just helps Google find you. So it's like if you gave the postman an envelope without the correct address on it, they wouldn't know where to post it. <laughs> so Makes it's the same with Google. Like that. Yeah, when you, like when we look at the, the SEO reports that we can run on client sites and you can see the list per page, when you look at it and you've got the keywords assigned per page, you can really see how having those in those formats helps Google to just, it just makes you more visible because normally when we look at a client site, if they haven't done any marketing work, there's usually no information at the back and that's straight the first point that Google goes to to find you. So yeah, having that mapped out is very important. <laughs> Does it work against you if you use the same keyword on more than one page? If you did it on a lot, you wouldn't be doing yourself a favour and we recommend having a different keyword per page and a different keyword could be like, say, let's say you want pink shoes and then the next page could be pink shoe. So they're actually two different keywords even though you're saying the same so thing. So close yeah. but not the same. Exactly. And the more differences you have, just the bigger the digital footprint. So we all always recommend that clients try to, if they can, and I know it's not always easy to write blogs and, you know, create content every month because everybody's busy doing the day-to-day -day stuff. But if you can assign a keyword and have a content strategy in place where you can build the website out over time, and it does take time, your, your digital footprint is just going to keep expanding. And that's like having, if each page is optimized, it's like having mini sales reps up in the air working for you 24-7. So they're all bidding for the different keywords. <laughs> and when somebody types that in, you just have more opportunity of being found than if you had nothing on the site. Okay. So if I can talk about podcasts for a second, 
it's good for SEO to get a transcript. Yes, absolutely. Having the transcript uploaded is definitely beneficial and a great approach. And okay. I'm not sure if the if each podcast is listed as a separate page, that definitely would be beneficial. But the other big thing with podcasting to think about as well is like SEO is very much moving towards voice search. So being in, in the podcast space where you're all about voice and you're talking about different topics, et cetera, that is going to have a massive impact when voice search, you know, it's newish now, but everybody's using Google at home and Alexa. So voice search is going to be very powerful down the track and having a podcast will benefit significantly from that. I'd be really interested to see how that plays out and that's available yeah the other good thing from a search perspective for the podcast as well is so you're on a platform that has a large audience and possibly even shares with other podcasters that that site platform or whatever it is would attract massive massive traffic so there's so many sort of side marketing benefits of doing podcasting because you've got access to different audiences and if they're coming to a place it's like coming into a shopping center and there's all the different shops they can go and check out the different things that they want to listen to and you know that is a massive seo benefit because most of those platforms are usually bigger than most businesses websites depending on the size of the business of course yes yes of course which does actually bring me on to the next question so why is this important for businesses to spend resources on effective content marketing? Well, first of all, I think having regular content coming up is a way for you to push traffic to your website. So if you're not posting regularly on social media, if you're not creating podcasts, if you're not you know, creating engaging content, people aren't going to come to the shop, so to speak. So building that brand awareness online with your content, expanding that digital footprint online with your SEO and and having content that is really engaging just drives that customer traffic to the site and that therefore leads to more leads, more opportunities and they could be different types of opportunities as well, not necessarily sales. You might get partnership offers, you know, joint venture, like lots of different ways people can find you with good content Uh, it also improves your search ranking so just making sure when you're putting content online whether it's on social media or on the website to just make sure it's keyword optimized and you know visible to search so that you can just keep pushing that traffic through and we always like to when you're pushing your content out on social media always include a link back to a page that's relevant on the website because a lot of businesses will just yeah, a lot of businesses put their post up and maybe a hashtag or two. Some of them don't put the link up to the website. So clients will go, you know, and people are lazy unless it's there and they can click on it. They're unlikely to go outside. Completely. <laughs> yeah. And depending on the social platform as well, like with the hashtags that you use and the hashtags are different on each social platform, most of those hashtags already have communities following them. So if you're creating content and you say you post it on LinkedIn and you want to share it to particular audiences, if you've got the hashtags that those audiences follow when you're posting content, whether it's uploading the full blog to LinkedIn or even just a social post, 
you have much more opportunity of getting that content in front of organic audiences because they're already following those hashtags. And the hashtags will be different on Instagram than they will be on LinkedIn. So if you're pushing a similar piece out to, to LinkedIn and also Instagram or Facebook, check the hashtags on those other platforms because they may have similar hashtags, but they might also have some different ones that are more relevant to the particular audiences on, say, Instagram and Facebook versus LinkedIn. I didn't realise so, hashtags were so important on LinkedIn, actually. Yeah, so they can really help your content just perform much more effectively because you know it's pushing it organically in front of audiences that are following those particular hashtags also you know another strategy we use on linkedin as well is joining to groups where your target audience is likely to be you can join up to 100 groups on linkedin so if you're joining groups where your target audience is and you're creating content regularly because you're connected to people in those groups and they might not necessarily be a first level connection or a second or third, but that content is can potentially hit their news feeds. And if they've got their settings enabled to have that content emailed, that's another way that your content could get in front of those people. So building your network on LinkedIn is very important also because I did hear a, a few weeks ago LinkedIn is only pushing content in directly in front of first-level connections now. So having large networks, creating as many organic opportunities as possible by using hashtags and groups, adding links to your content all helps with getting people to engage with it online but also pushing traffic to back to your website. The more you do that, the more you're just feeding that algorithm search you're creating that bigger brand awareness online. And even if people aren't commenting or liking or whatever, they're still seeing that through their newsfeed. So when one of their friends at a barbecue or a dinner party says, oh, I need to find a whatever, and you've got something regularly coming through your newsfeed because it's targeted towards you, something most people do is, oh, I've got someone on Facebook that I can refer you to. You know, it's just there's so many possibilities and opportunities that you can take advantage of. How many times a week should you be posting on LinkedIn? Is there a right amount? Down to how much time you have to create the content. And also, like if you're using an ad budget, which we would highly recommend when promoting content online, because unless you're one of those lucky businesses that has thousands and thousands of people that are following the page, most small businesses are usually in the hundreds. If in an organically Facebook and LinkedIn, it's less than 6% of your followers or connections will see your content. So having an ad budget to push that in front of a targeted audience is critical. So a lot of the content regularity and sizing and timing comes down to what's your budget and how much can you afford to boost each piece that you've, you're putting out. What's your time like in the business? Like if, if you're using an agency to create your content, you're still going to need time to review that. Good agencies, depending on the volume, you shouldn't need more than an hour or two a month to review that. But to some business owners, that's still a lot of time as well, right? So <laughs> it comes down to how much time you've got to review stuff, how much money you've got to spend on the ads to boost it, and also how much time if you're creating it yourself how much time do you have to create the content? So if you're doing a social media plan, like for us to do a social plan for, say, five posts for a client probably takes an hour or two. 
And then if we're writing a blog, and the blog could be between three to 500 words, just as an, an average style blog, that would probably take two hours on how knowledgeable you are in your topic. Those types of things can add up when you're pushing content out. So with with clients and the small businesses we have, we tend to recommend just as a very baseline volume is five to 10 social posts a month, one to four blogs, depending on how much time you've got per month, um, and usually an email or two. And that, that amount of content is usually enough to keep news feeds flowing, things churning over, and you can see gradual increases in traffic each month to the site just by keeping that very consistent. But that will depend on most small businesses' budgets as well. So the volume is usually determined by the budget, and then you have to think about boosting budget as well for the social platforms. And if you're also running Google AdWords, you know, those kinds of budgetary considerations need to be made. Of course. So if someone's listening and wondering where they are with their SEO, you offer a free SEO audit, I believe. Correct. Yeah. So we've got some fantastic tools. Once we've got the domain name of the business, we can drop that into the tools and it'll spit out a few reports. So we can send your clients a free report, which shows them the the SEO status, I guess, behind the scenes. And we normally jump on a call with clients for about half an hour and just talk through what Google see and what impact that could be having to their business. Because it's really interesting when you look at the size of the website as well as what's already behind it versus the potential of what the client could do without breaking the bank and also without spending 20,000 hours updating their SEO <laughs> each week or month or whatever. But SEO is it's an ongoing exercise. And once the foundational stuff's been done, when you're adding things to the content and things to the site over time, you're SEOing it as you go. So you're just continuing with that digital footprint. The SEO report is a free free service that we provide clients and it just gives you a bit of an overview on where you're at. That's a great offer. I think anyone listening who's curious about their SEO or looking to improve it should definitely take you up on that. If you go to the homepage, at the bottom of the homepage, there's an SEO audit badge. If you just click on that and fill out the form, we'll send the reports to you so you can have a look through there. And then if you want to jump on the call, happy to do that as well. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for joining me today, Kayleen. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and learning more about SEO and social media. Thank you. It's been lovely speaking with you as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.